Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Hello, my name is uh, Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today on yet another measurable performance from Reading Football Club. Um, to help me talk through the uh, debacle of that first half performance and uh, where we can move on in a positive manner, I'm not sure we'll be able to find many today, but is Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Hey, Paul. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, just recovering. And I've also been joined by Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah, so where do we start with that first half performance? Uh, the first... 35 minutes, I'd say at least, some people could say the whole of the first half, was pretty much atrocious. Um, all over the pitch, I'd say. We were outthought by the Huddersfield manager, which is not particularly hard to do because uh, we're going to how easy it is to uh, outthink us. And outworked, uh, really worrying signs for me. And I know a lot of people will be saying it's too early to get worried. But, yep, I'm definitely a bit worried. How are you feeling about it, Matt? Um, worried is probably a good word to use right now because I think that, that there's so many um, links to previous seasons that, that, that we're seeing re-emerge in the team, defensive frailties um, and also the, the um, stigma of going behind um, and also the losing mentality. It's all creeping back in and it's creeping back in with fans. It seems to be creeping back in with players. Um, so it, it, you know you don't you don't want to obviously be be negative this early in the season, but you you are starting to look at you know what 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 what, or what can Gomez do from here? You know he certainly needs to turn it around soon because otherwise you know we're twentieth at the moment. That twentieth can soon be twenty twenty second, twenty third, and God forbid twenty fourth. But um, so yeah, yeah. What did you make of watching it, uh, Alex? This wasn't a particularly good watch again. Um, a lot of errors. Didn't really seem to have much of a tactical plan. Um, actually, no, I take that back. We do, we do have a tactical plan. It's just that the tactical plan has been figured out. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it seems, yeah, it, it just wasn't particularly inspiring to watch. Uh, yeah, there were, I don't think there's that much really to say about the first half in a positive manner, unfortunately. No, there really isn't much positive to say about it. And they just, Blackburn just found an easy way to push up against us. They didn't, just they just pressurise our defensive players or midfielders and they were just giving the ball away, worked off the ball and eventually it was just grinding away at their confidence. You could feel the whole ground were getting nervous and there was kind of slight jeering when players were not able to make simple passes. I mean, people might say that might not help, and I kind of see that point of view. But if you're watching your team not able to do a simple five-yard pass, and we've seen this for so many years now. We had a couple of good wins. We had a win against Cardiff, obviously, but we're miserable at home. Absolutely miserable. We've now lost to Sheffield Wednesday. We've lost to Charlton, and we've lost to Blackburn. Now... Those three teams, do we think any of those teams are going to be in the top six come the end of the season? What do you think, Matt? Um, no. Uh, I think Sheffield, Wednesday and Charlton might be 12th to 8th. Um, Blackburn, I don't think they'll be in the top half. Um, they weren't really 
they they were an organised team, and that and that's all I think you can say about them. They were determined. They certainly were determined. They had a good they had a good game plan, but they came with a game plan which seems to um, almost put a Reading team into panic at the moment, and that is pressing. All all you see need to seem to do is just press really high and press Reading fast, and they'll just start giving the ball away left, right, and centre. Um, so it, it's you know I I, I can't. I, Blackburn was probably the, the the poorest team of the three, um, and even chance creation they didn't even really create that many chances. Obviously they scored um, a, a very good goal in the first half, but they were given the freedom of Barcher basically to do so. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, it, it 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 just seems if you come and do what Blackburn did and what also what Charlton did really press us, the team just goes into panic. Yeah, we're going on to that goal there that Chance scored in the first half. I mean, so much time. I'm just sat there in the Dolan watching, seeing this player being so free for so long. He has good five, six seconds of complete freedom. Nobody within about 10, 15 yards of him. You cannot give a player the quality that they have in the championship, any of them, that much time to set it up. Yeah, it's a really good strike, but... How much time does he have to set himself? Raphael, yet again, has no chance with the goal. I don't think anyone could criticise the goalkeeper for the goal. But what is Yadam doing there? You've got Moore, Morrison, the whole defensive team. And where have our midfielders gone? It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was very strange because you almost had... it was. I can't remember who the three were, if it was Yadam, uh, Moore and um, McIntyre or, or if it was Morrison, one of them. Um, they all seem to all be clumped together on the edge of the six yards. Attracted to that ball area where they thought it was going to go. And defending deep was the things that we saw under Clement last season. Mm. Defending so deeply, and particularly in the game against Sheffield Wednesday, we gave away two goals of a very similar nature. But, I don't know, I can feel the frustration just building in me just thinking about it. So, Alex, what did you make of the kind of defensive woes throughout the whole of the game for us? Um... It's difficult to really pinpoint what the defensive errors are. Currently, I think um, the first goal was yeah poorly defended. We gave uh, Armstrong Armstrong yeah. a lot of time on the ball um, before shooting. But realistically, there's so there's multiple errors that lead up to that point as well. Yeah. Um, I think McIntyre. He stayed off the defender. He he didn't press the defender, and he let the defender uh, not the defender. He let the attacker come towards him. Uh, didn't really press towards him, and and kind of gave him the space to come into the box. Um, Yeardum obviously dropped back. To, I'm not really sure what Yeardum's. Uh, I'm sure there was a reason for it, but I'm not really sure why he's dropped back into the area. Um, because you've already got Moore and Morrison covering the one striker they've got in the area at that point. And you basically just left Armstrong with a free shot on goal. It, there's not, there, there isn't really a, there isn't really one one moment there where you think, well, Blackburn have produced a moment of quality, except for the actual shot. Um, it, it just seems to be poorly defended overall. And then again, there was multiple times throughout the match though, really, where Blackburn. They, they cut us apart up until the final ball and then they struggled to actually get a shot away. So although it didn't really look like they actually had many shots, probably didn't feel like they had that many shots, it, it was similar to the Charlton game in that respect, I think, in the sense of 
that both of them, both teams, their cutters apart going forwards multiple times um, because they've worked out that if you play in between our our wing back and our wide centre back, there's just acres of space at the back there for them to run into. Um, and it seems that mo- mo- managers have just worked this out and we don't have any kind of solution for it yet because Yeardom and Abita are, play, are being instructed, it seems, to play higher at the field. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Jordan Abita and um, uh, he made his comeback. And I thought as the game progressed, he was slowly getting better. He definitely put in some good crosses in the second half. I'm not expecting him to be anywhere near back to the play he was after he's been out for two years of league action. Um, what did you make his return, Alex? Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. He started slowly. Um, I think his first touch was a throw-in, which went straight out of play, which was a, a little funny to watch. But uh, yeah, he, he started slowly, but he definitely improved. Um, his crossing was good. He got forward a, a bit, not an, a huge amount, but he did get forward a bit. Um, which was good to see. I do think he'll he will succeed in this system. Um, I didn't really know whether it was particularly just to have a beat to come back into the team yesterday. I think it was a little harsh on Richards uh, to be dropped. I'm not really sure he's done anything wrong, particularly in the last two or three games. And actually, he's a really I mean, he's proving himself to be a pretty good option out wide when we're going forwards as well, Richards, this season. Um, so maybe it was a little harsh to, to, to just drop Richards straight out and, and push a, a bead straight back into the starting eleven. But um, yeah, as the game wore on, I think he produced produced a few moments where you, you could say, yeah, it looks maybe not quite to the level where we saw a beater in that playoff season, but definitely a player where you think, it's someone you could probably put back into the first team and not have too many worries about. Yeah, I, I kind of look at it, the situation with him bringing back into the team that I think potentially he could be a better player than Richard. But I would also agree with you that Richard has definitely been one of the kind of, I won't use the word standout players because he hasn't been that amazing, but he's been one of the solid players. And the example of last week at Middlesbrough set up a golden chance for Puskas, which he really has to get on target. Uh, the first half, kind of, yeah, there was another chance for Blackbed to score, which they skied over the bar, which there's a golden chance. And the chances that we do give away, they are way better than the ones that we actually create ourselves. Um, you kind of, we're having shots, but a lot of them from outside the box or from awkward angles. It's a kind of, I'm not quite sure what we were going to change at halftime. I thought that we should take Pele off, definitely at halftime. That didn't happen. What would you like to have seen happen at halftime, Matt? Um, I, I, I didn't think um, Pelé actually played that bad yesterday. Um, uh, I, I, and to be fair, Renamota hasn't had the best of seasons this year. So I, 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 personally, I wouldn't have taken Pelé off. Um, he's, he's, he's been a steady, almost like a steady Eddie in the in the midfield at the moment. Um, but um, I... It's it's a difficult one because I think Jean Puskas yesterday, you saw no no almost sign of of a um, a partnership being formed between them, and that was one of the most frustrating things. Obviously, you know there are two pretty much marquee signings, and um, obviously they played they they played well both um, against Cardiff, but um, but 
for like the first half especially, um, and even going into the second half really, they 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 just seem like two two standalone players. They just didn't seem to want to combine. And whether you could have maybe taken off one of them and brought on Mate, um, but it, it, it's 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 a difficult one because then you'd be almost scolded by the by the fans for for taking him off because obviously you know they're five and eight million pounds worth of players. You don't want to be taking him off at half time, but um, I think. I, I, if it was me, I probably wouldn't have changed anything at half time straight away. And um, just and um, the one the, the one thing I would have tried to obviously get into them was just movement because there was that that also didn't help us with the Blackburn press. There was n- literally no movement off the ball whatsoever, which it, it, it crucifies you when you try and play play this style of football. And um, because you know fa- fans can you know jeer and jeer at players all all they like to, to, you know, pass it, move it forward. But if there's no movement, if there's nothing available, what more can they do? And I think that's one thing that, especially Swift and Ajaria, fact, like, or pr- probably found quite quite, quite difficult because there was just nothing in front of them. Yeah, that is a huge issue. As much as the midfield got criticism in the first half in particular, if they don't have the targets, as you're saying, it's going to make them look even worse. So then they're always slow to pass the ball because they haven't got those targets. Mm. That goal that we conceded straight away, kind of, it felt straight away. It wasn't actually straight away, but uh, the Bradley Dax second goal, um, that was comedic. It started with Yadam kind of doing another one of the dives that he does on a regular basis throughout the match and the referee didn't fall for it. Then they kind of, I wouldn't say counter, they moved slowly towards our goal in a kind of casual fashion defensively, just talk us through that one, Alex. It was uh, shambles. It's just so similar to every, like so many goals that we've conceded in the past, I don't know, two years now, where you just look at it and you think, if I was watching a team on a Sunday morning playing at, you know, pub football, and I saw that goal, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, there was players falling over themselves in the box, Blackburn players basically just not free, but they're very open. Uh, masses of space. And you just, again, another deflection as well to beat Raphael. Uh, it's, and, they, and by that point, you think, well, the game's over as well. Reading aren't getting two back. And um, yeah, I, just, the, I don't think the defending is. It's it's not something you can really give much in the way of, of compliments to yesterday. Um, but at the same point, like the defending, there's just so many... Um, it's not bad luck, but it's there's just so many things that are going against them, I guess. Um, deflections and, I mean, there was possibly a foul in the build-up to it as well. Um, I think it was McIntyre who was held in the build-up, but I'm maybe a 50-50, not really 100% sure he can claim that one. Um, but yeah, the, overall, the defending for the second goal wasn't great again, and uh, it just seems to be a running theme. And as much as I dislike saying it, it seems to be a running theme when we have got Liam Moore in the team. Uh and I don't know whether it's a lack of organisation or just poor positioning or what it is, but between him and another centre-back, 
the only period of time when we've had like a solid pair at the back is the three months at the end of last season when it was him and Miazga. Yeah. And apart from that, we've had so many defensive errors in the past, I don't know how long, two seasons now. It's, it's difficult to sit here and pin the blame on Liam Moore because it's, he's clearly a good defender. But at the same time, there's one constant like player who's been around for the whole point where we've been making these defensive errors. It's, I don't know. It, it, it's yeah. I don't. I don't want to pin the blame on more because I, I think he's clearly a good defender. But there's a, a running theme where him plus another partner or two players alongside him do seem to struggle unless it's Matt Miazga. Yeah. No. It's just, it's just true. Um, the facts are there. We can all see them, can't we? There's, there is a pattern there, definitely. But Matt Miazga coming back, I think, would make a difference. Is he going to suddenly turn the team around? I, I don't think so. I think there's much I, 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 I think he actually will make a big difference to how the team is playing. But the midfield, though, yes. this is the issue. Because you know, the issue, kind of, we don't seem to find that that player I'm going to mention him that replace that Lewis Baker we don't have I don't think player. the issue is necessarily midfield I think the issue is because Miazga's injured Morrison is expected to play the ball out so much more especially yesterday yesterday it was way more noticeable um, than than previous games but yesterday was really noticeable that he got the ball and I don't know how many times it was but often he was getting the ball not really having many options in midfield. Granted, that's partly because of the tactics that Blackburn employed against us to basically mark out LA and the two wingbacks from the game. But uh, basically, he was taking the ball from, I don't know, 20, 25 yards from our goal and just knocking it long towards Jao and Puskas, which doesn't, it's not going to work because Blackburn's defence is much stronger than Jao and Puskas, unfortunately. Um, and we don't have, they're not, they're not able, neither of them are particularly, well, so far, neither of them seem to be particularly adept at holding the ball up. Um, yet we're knocking it long to them from our own, our own back third. Um, whereas I feel like when Miazga's in the team, it does seem like he's able to take his time on the ball a bit more. And he doesn't seem to mind having the option just to play it across the back and try and actually open up some space. Whereas I think Morrison panics a bit. And uh, basically, just knocks it long in the hope that someone's going to get on the end of it. And maybe his injury is a blessing in disguise, a slight blessing in disguise. As long as Miazka comes back, that is. Mm. As long as Miazka comes back, but even if he doesn't necessarily next week, then maybe it forces a change in formation, a change in tactics, potentially. Yeah, one thing that did happen was uh, last week, and bringing up about Morrison, was that he was the person who gave away the free kick as well against that Middlesbrough, which I didn't think was necessary to give away that free kick, which kind of cost us the game. But yeah, you were going to say, Matt. Um, well, I, I was going to say, obviously, when, when you look at Miazga and you look at the defence, um, the defence has gone downhill since Miazga has been injured. I mean, when, um, when obviously, we switched to the back three for the, um, for the Cardiff, West Brom and Huddersfield game, we, we did defend very well, but then he goes off against Huddersfield. And since then, the defence has almost been almost a bit, bit, bit of a laughing stock really and 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 it, it it changes it has changed the way that the defense has played like Alex said Morrison is seeing a lot more of the ball which I don't think he would want because he's not he, he'd probably be the weakest passer out of all of them 
he's a kick it and head it defender, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's your stereotypical bandage around your head bastion of a centre-back who, you know, just wants to go in hard into tackles and, and, and defend and score score corner free-kick headers. Um, he, he, you know, he Alex Pierce? Uh, yeah. Mm. I don't think like there's that. anything necessarily wrong with having players like that in your squad. No, that's the thing. It's nothing no, at all. No, no, we're not, neither of us, none of us are saying that it was suddenly he's a bad signing at all. No. No, not, not at all. At all. But, no. but but you've got to play to his strengths. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna tell um someone, you know, like 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 a striker like Jan Kermigan to constantly run in behind or run channels because that's not something that they're gonna do. You know, you're not gonna tell a a, a centre back who's not very technical to start running through, you know, the thirds. You know, you've got to play to their strengths, and that is one thing that certainly just at the moment we just don't seem to be doing it, and it all seems to be stemming from that at the moment for me certainly anyway yeah no it's yeah hopefully when Miazga comes back things do steadily up and kind of defensively even if we just manage to get a couple of draws I will take that right now because it kind of stops the momentum of the losses and we get a little tiny bit of belief because these losses are just killing any kind of I mean yeah, no, there was a little bit of feel-good factor. No, there definitely was before the start of the season and going into it, and definitely after the Huddersfield match. And that isn't dead, but I'd say it's definitely uh, moving towards intensive care. I think coming into yesterday's game, there was still quite a lot of feel-good factor as well. But I think leaving, well, even from you know minute 10 or whenever they, they scored, you could just feel that going. And it's, it's something which, I, when when you look at the games coming up as well, it's going to almost be hard to turn around. You don't want to dump all, all the doom and gloom. But you look at the next five games, four of them are in the top six, and the only one that isn't is Fulham. Yeah. Which isn't no, really... It is, <laughs> we could easily go on an eight-match uh, losing streak. And I will really love that on the podcast. I absolutely can't wait for that. It's kind of nothing I'd like to do. God, I absolutely dread that. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But we did score a goal. We also hit the post as well. Swift, I think, in the second half, looked a lot better than he did in the first half. He didn't suddenly become a world beater. But um, you could see that they'd worked out that actually they had to pass it a little bit quicker, move into the space and kind of fill in that hole. That was a whole chasm between the defence and the midfield that was there in the first half. He scores a good goal. Definitely. Um, what did you think of uh, John Swift's uh, goal and performance, Matt? Um, well, sec- second half, he, he he certainly seemed to obviously see see a lot more of the ball. He was controlling it a lot better. Obviously, he hit the post as well just before he scored. Um, so could have could have quite easily had two. But um, it, it was it was it 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 just didn't well it didn't it didn't seem to turn the game and w- w- which a lot. When 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 you look at the Reading team, obviously they're looking at Swift to to create, obviously, and it seems to be whenever Swift doesn't create, Reading don't create and don't obviously create create the chances to go on and win matches. Um, but it it, it was it, it was a well taken goal. You did kind of more out of hope hope that that was going to change something to maybe get get an equaliser, but um, it, it it just didn't seem to it didn't seem to change anything. It didn't seem to change anything in the players, the goal and. Um, it, well, it, it, it just continued. It was just pretty, pretty flat, really, from there. It was, yeah. It just, like you say, when the goal went in, you thought maybe, maybe there is still time left. But I mean, how many people really in that stadium or watching it 
just thought we're going to score a second here. We're going to come back and win because I wasn't feeling that at all. You know, I'm a pretty um, uh, hopeful, optimistic person on the Red and FC front, I think. Uh, sometimes there's some people slightly mad, but uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, I just didn't it's, feel it's, that it's at all. It's just worrying that we now have this for so many seasons. Mm. Well, it's, 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 it's plagued us almost since since, you know, Stam's first season, you know, when we go behind, we don't come back, you know, and it is, it's, I think the stat is nine times now we've been behind at half time. None of them we've come back to come back to win. And I think out, out, out the last 10 times we've gone behind in a game, we've only come back and won once. And that was against Wigan in the last minute. So it, it's, 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 it, it's, it's the stigma setting back in, in, in the fans and in the players. And it's the losing mentality again, which, you know, it, it needs to be taken out or it needs to be solved very soon. Otherwise, you're, you're on a slippery slope to, you know, somewhere where you don't really want to go. <laughs> like, it's looking like, well, it's, it's looking like another relegation battle. Um, you've got to say where we are at the moment, the games we've got coming up. We're probably not going to pick up many points. Hopefully, we're all wrong. But what I found, one of the worst bits about yesterday was those last five minutes of injury time and Blackburn just playing it around us and keeping control of the ball for felt like two or three minutes without one of our players getting near them. It was virtually embarrassing, really. Yes, and and and, and as a fan watching it, you felt embarrassed. I dread to think what I would have felt like if I was one of those players. I would have felt like almost walking off. Because I think it took us about three and a half minutes before we touched the ball in injury time. I can believe which, that, yeah. Let's be honest, is ridiculous. Blackburn, yeah. Blackburn took the piss in the past five in the last five minutes. Mm. Yeah, they were taking the piss, not in like flips and all that. No, just knew how to do it. They, they, they knew the game was over. They knew they knew as, as long as as long as they kept the ball, the game was done because Reading weren't coming near them. Mm. Yeah, and and, 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 and that, we still had a goal chance. There was no desire to even try and go in and 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 win 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 the ball back. You know, they were. Well, a, a, a couple of times you you saw them going in and and see, see them starting tugging tugging their shirts and stuff, but you think that is you, you know you're not if 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 you're going in, one thing you do not do is give away a foul in that situation because that 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 then gives them an extra thirty seconds to run down the clock. You know it it, it, it was perfect game management on Blackburn's front. You know it was if if you're a Blackburn fan, you were walking away laughing. Uh, uh, yeah, the Blackburn, from the Blackburn point of view, is absolutely brilliant in the last five minutes mm. because they had complete control. But we still had a great chance from a Liam Moore header, from a John Swift free kick. And you'd probably want it to fall to anyone but Liam Moore, really. His goal-scoring record is atrocious. When it came over, I thought this would be... I mean, I'd take a draw here, but it would be feel really strange that we've managed to get a draw. If we'd game. managed to get a point, it would have felt a bit like robbery yesterday. Yeah, it's totally that, would. Blackburn dominated the game, really, yeah. throughout. Oh, yeah, I mean, 20 minutes maybe in the second half when, when Reading kind of were on top. But apart from that, Blackburn had the whole game sewn up. Yeah, they looked far more... That's what I found, just like when I go back to the beginning, is just when I see a team and they're being outworked, that is a real basic premise. Mm-hmm. And you could see how they targeted John Swift from the first second of that match. They knew exactly what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I find it frustrating when it happens every single week. And we've seen it for years. Like you've both said, we know it, it's not just about yesterday's result that worries us. It's the fact that we've been here for three out of the last four seasons. We know how this is going to pan out. It's 20, what, it's since 20, since the start of 2018, 19 now, 
we've had 51, 51 games at home in the league, and we've lost 23 of them. That is absolutely abysmal, isn't like, it? It's not surprising that people are going to games and don't... Like, yesterday, I read, uh, like I read after, I mean, I wasn't there yesterday, but I read after that people complained yesterday that the atmosphere was flat. And it's like, it, well, it's not surprising anymore. Yeah. People, no, I, I don't blame People are going there not expecting to see us win, not even expecting to see us, you know, really compete. Mm. If you're losing half your games at home almost, then what, like, what can you expect people to do when, they, like, when there's no, like, there's no kind of, I don't know what the word for it is, get up and go from the players, essentially. Mm. You're losing half your games at home. Fans aren't going to come and support you because it's their money. And they've got, you know, people have got other things that they will spend money on. Mm. Um, and you, you basically lose your, you lose your people who are coming along for the, for the day ticket. And you are essentially going to be left with a group of season ticket holders and away fans. And that's going to be it. Yeah. Well, it was a pretty good attendance yesterday as well, which I thought was quite surprising. I didn't think it was going to be a brilliant away attendance, but I think it was 16,900, which given that Blackburn only brought a thousand or so. It was a, it was it wasn't a bad attendance for recent years. <laughs> it yeah, didn't, we, it didn't yeah, look yeah, like seventeen thousand people. <laughs> True. <laughs> it wasn't, but yeah, technically that's what it said on the gate, Alex. Let's not start. Let's not start that. <laughs> <laughs> so after the game, obviously we've lost. We've all been here many, many times before in the last uh, three, four years. <sighs> The pressure is going to start to build on Jose Gomez. There's absolutely no doubt on that. This is 2019 football. Whether you like it or not, that is where we are. He also has not got the excuse, which numerous Reading managers since I started supporting them, we've all started them, being able to say, we haven't had the money to spend. I haven't been able to bring this player in. I've had to sell that player. He can't say that. He was able to keep all the players that he realistically wanted some of them were never going to stay, like uh, Martinez last season on loan and Lewis Baker probably as well. He's actually got players in that slightly surprised me with Ijaria. I didn't think he'd come back. He spent maybe, say, at least 10 or 11 million on those two strikers. It could be 13. That is a lot of money for us. Um, is it huge money for the championship? No, it probably isn't massive money. And we still have underlying issues throughout the squad. But should we be continuously losing at home? And looking like we're not going to get any points at all. What's your situation with uh, Gomez, Matt? Tell me what you're thinking about him. Um, well, I will just give a give, give a warning. Anyone who is a Gomez, still a Gomez, well, not not fan, but a positive, trying to put a positive spin on it, turn off now. <laughs> because, like, I, I, I want, I really want Gomez to succeed. He's probably one of my favourite managers of well, Reading managers in recent times, but I, I like I, I just look at everything that that, that that has happened, especially this season. I know people will say, you know, you can't look at last season. You know, like last season it was a horrible situation. It was he didn't have his players. Um, you can't say that anymore. Um, he certainly had you know a good six games with his players or with his players now, um, and nothing seems to be changing and. I think the worrying thing is we're seeing the same inefficiencies of previous years, defensively, offensively, um, and mentally almost, when you, the, the mental stigma of going behind. 
they, they, nothing nothing is changing and then you look at you look at his record and again people will harp on about oh you know 20 games were last year and what 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 have you you can only look at this year well if you're looking at this year you're looking at a manager who has spent you know near on 18 20 million who is 20th in the table um and and almost um uh when 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 you look at his tactics they they're starting to become more baffling by the week almost because you know the last few games you've had is almost gung ho tactics <laughs> once you've gone you know a goal down you'll bring on you know three four strikers and just let them create chances and hope that someone scores to you know yesterday where you know you had the back three and Pele almost grouped together and then about 20 30 yards up the field you've then got Swift and Ajaria and you had nothing to play through the thirds um and it, it, it just all seems so baffling at the moment and it's something he really does need to change soon because like I said when you look at the next coming five games I, I do start worrying for him you know I don't want him to go you know he, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet him on a couple of times and he is one of the nicest guys you can meet one of the most humble guys you can meet he's so free with his time but at the end of the day football isn't a place for nice people um, you know, and he needs to start changing something. And it's one thing I was thinking yesterday, you know, if we lose the next two, three games or, you know, if we don't start to turn this round, we could well be in the relegation zone. And is he still going to be here? I don't want to say that. But, you know, when, when, when you look at it statistically and where where we are as a team, nothing's improving. And if nothing's improving, nothing's changing, where do you go? No, I to give him. I, yeah, interesting about how much time does he get because last time we had the owners and they left everything to Ron Gourlay. Now they seem to be far more hands-on with day-to-day running. Obviously, they've got Nigel Howe there now. It's not going to get long. I mean, say theoretically, if we were going to get maybe one point for the next four games or something, that's really going to be a terrible situation. We realistically get, we're going to have to be in the bottom three with that kind of run if that was to happen. It would be hard to justify keeping them there. Um, I'm still kind of sticking with mine till November, but if the results are so bad, that was kind of on the premise that we're going to be, I don't know, 15, 16th at that point. But if you're dropping into that relegation zone and losing repeatedly, the confidence just gets shattered. Well, when you look at the games coming up as well, it, it, you know, it, it, it's going to be hard to see where points are going to come. I mean, he's going to have to do a very good job to to keep points. But if if if, if he loses or if he doesn't win any of the next five games and he's he you know he might be able to draw a couple but if 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 you know hypothetically or even if he gets one game you you could still be right there down in the bottom and then you know you're just almost kicking the ball down the road with the how long does he get so, uh there was an interesting point yesterday when i was listening to the commentary about um this season so far so we've picked up seven points in the league and it's the first time I really realised it when it was mentioned, but all of the points we picked up were within six days of each other so far. Mm-hmm. We've lost every game this season except for one week. And it kind of it kind of says to you that maybe the tactic maybe we've just been found out. Like that week wasn't uh you know, it wasn't a coming of age where the team has suddenly changed, but actually we changed formation in that Cardiff game. 
West Brom probably didn't have enough time to react to it. And Huddersfield, well, they're just not that good. And apart from that, every other team has either found us out or has been better than us so far. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I, I hesitate. Like, I hesitate to sit here and say that Gomez is already under pressure. Um, but I think he is now. And I think he's made a rod for his own back as well by coming out and saying the table is going to be different at the end of the season. The target is two points a game. I mean, you're not even getting one point a game at the minute. You've got to be realistic here. Like, the target can't be two points a game. We're not aiming to get 90 points this season, surely. And if that's the target, then you're way off. Way off, yeah. You're not even close to this. Like, you need, like, a massive run of results to even get back close to that target now. Like, let's be realistic here. He's, he's got to come out a bit more savvy when he's, you know, doing his PR. It, it's easy to sit here and, and say, oh, things are going to change and we've got to be positive. But realistically, you have to be, like, looking at your own squad and saying, oh, maybe we're not actually capable of getting to 92 points and maybe we're actually capable of getting to 65 or 70 points and maybe that's an actual realistic target. But you don't need to come out and tell the fans, tell the press that because... All you're doing is creating this target on your back where we end up with three losses in a row, three losses at home out of four, and fans sit there and go, well, we're not even close to this. What, like, why, why come out and say we're looking at promotion? Why come out and say we're looking to be top three? You're, like, at the minute, we're not even mid-table. We're not even looking close to that. Um, so I think, it's, I think he's creating pressure for himself, in all honesty. It's... Um, He's. He, I think he's got probably. He's got a while. I don't think he's going to get sacked tomorrow, and uh, and nor shouldn't he. Um, but as you both say, if if we get to the next international break and we've not won any more games by that point, we'll be winless in eight. And uh, I mean, Stan was what one win in seventeen, and yeah, there's a big difference between eight and seventeen. But even if we won, I don't know half of the games after that then it's still only five wins in 17 it's not that great a record still um so yeah i i think he's he's probably got until the next international break to make some kind of changes in terms of results um and i don't even then i don't think he'll get sacked to the next international break because a lot of the argument will come down to and i i understand this one as well from fans who are still on Gomez's side, or not even on Gomez's side, but on the side of we don't, we shouldn't be sacking managers so quickly. Is who else is out there and available for us to bring in? And I, I do kind of understand that argument, um, but on the other hand, it's 2019. There's there's always football managers available. Um, I mean, Gomez was at a club last year when we went after him, and he came to Reading because the money's there. That if you know, if he gets sacked, there's going to be other people available. Are they going to be better? I don't know. And, you know, but that's the risk you take when you sack a manager who's not really performing to the standards that you're hoping for as a club. I think I, I think one big thing as well is that a lot a lot of fans, obviously, they'll they'll start to question manager, but then other fans will start saying, oh, you're, 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 you're saying to sack him. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I want him to be to be to be sacked, you know, I, like, like I, I could not want him to succeed more. But at this time, you've got, you, you know, you, you'd be you'd be blind to not question what he's done and where he's taking 
you know the team it's it's verging on stupid almost to to be to be blind to the facts and when you look at the facts he's got a 23 percent win ratio and he's got an unbelievable lost three on the bounce now as well and he's got an unbelievably tough run coming up and you know it, 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 it it's it probably is too early to talk about you know him losing his job even like 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 Alex said, the next international break, but serious questions have to be asked. And when you see tactical decisions that are being made by him, um, substitutions, team selections, and um, where, where, where he's telling his players to play, you know, you've got to start asking questions because otherwise, you know, you're going to be you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be blinded by the mist until you're right down at the bottom almost, which you know no one wants to be. My my real worry as well is that even if even if this does go months and months down the line and eventually Gomez loses his job because we're in whatever twentieth twenty first whatever it is, my my real worry is that actually this team has now been set up to play one style of football again, um, and essentially we're going to have to do another squad overhaul because Gomez has set the whole squad up to be able to play with no wide play and only wide play through the wing-backs. If we bring someone else in, it has to be in the same style, which again means that it's going to be a long, lengthy manager search process because it has to be someone who will be comfortable without playing with wingers because we don't have any. So that's that's probably going in his favour for time that he'll get as well. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to change it around in that time as well. I will be uh, there'll be peaceful listening saying we should get Mo Barrow back <laughs> right as we're doing this. I don't honestly think Mo Barrow would be the answer, but you know, we all have different thoughts on that. I, I don't think so at all. But it's a real uh, as I started off with it's just a worrying situation for all the reasons you've both given. We don't need another squad overhaul, we don't need to get another new manager, we don't need to go on another bad run of form. Nobody going to matches, midweek games with about 9,000 people there. It just really doesn't fill you with much hope and kind of enthusiasm for what's coming up. But I think, I think just ultimately at the moment, you're at, you're at the stage where questions have to be asked. You know, oh, yeah, not, no, definitely. Not, totally not, as in, not as in managerial positions, but no, questions have no. to be asked of the manager and what he's doing at the moment. Because if you don't ask the questions and if you don't look at, you know, the records and stuff... You know, you're not going to be able to change that and move forward and make him the success that you know everyone wants Gomez to be. No, I totally agree. I think it's completely justified to ask questions about a manager who, as I think you were discussing earlier, that Paul Clement had a 0.93 points per game ratio and yes. uh, record, and was it uh, how much I is it that Jose Gomez is? Gomez is 1.1 after 30, 31 league games and. Clement was 0.9 after 29 league games. Mm. So there's a little difference. It's like 10 points a season in terms of a difference there between the two yeah. of them after about 30 games. So they've done a, they've, there's a little bit of improvement from Gomez to Clement. But that is improving from 42 points per season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not like a, it's not a revolution. It's not a, yeah, it's not a revolution. There. No, it's, it's definitely revolution. not. Uh, no, it's uh one thing that you do hear a lot is is what's keeping uh, Jesse Gomez here is more is his personality than his ability. I hear that consistently. Yeah. And well, I've it's, heard it's, it's, it, 
I think it's why so many people are you, you, you know like him and, and yeah. like I said I've, I've I've had the I've had the pleasure to meet him a couple of times and he's the nicest guy you could ever meet. He's so he will talk about anything, you know. It's, but 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 I think that, that it, it's almost got to the time where the honeymoon, the extended honeymoon period is over, and like I say, questions questions have to start being asked. No, as you said, Matt, there's no space for nice guys, is there, in football? <laughs> no <laughs> space at all. We need to get the arseholes in. That's what we need. <laughs> it's kind of... Get the Collins in. No, no, in, no, 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 in, no. In all honesty, no. that does seem to be what we're missing. Like yeah, we, yeah. We've got Mendonca on the sideline, but who's on the field? Who's the Mendonca on the field for us? Mm, That's, yeah. no, I, 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 I think that, that is almost perfect, I think. Yeah. You know, and even, even Liam Moore. Liam Moore's a very nice guy. He, yeah, he's really again nice. so free with his time and will answer anything. But we we have or seem to seem to have no killer instincts at the moment. And and even Swift, you know, he, he's he's a nice guy, but not not very vocal. And you know, they're almost your two main players. You know, they need to get this killer mentality. They need to get this nastiness in them. To I think that that that's now now you say it, it, it and when you look at it, it's. You know, you don't want to say it, but it's almost a team of nice guys. Yeah, which we heard from players who've left. They said the players are they're all too nice, but they now be another huge transfer overhaul. Um, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up here because I'm feeling like this is just too... It's taking me to a really horrible place. <laughs> it's kind of into a dark hole. Normally when I do this, it's almost like a therapy session. But today I actually feel worse than when I started. So uh, thanks a lot for listening. If you do need any help, um, do phone Samaritans. Um, they will be available. But don't blame us for any of these issues. So, yeah, no, being serious, thank you for uh, listening. Really appreciate it. If you have uh, listened to this, uh, you do feel free to subscribe. Maybe put a uh, kind of nice comment, avoid the bad ones, we don't want them, on iTunes. That would be great. And uh, cheers. Thanks a lot. Uh, We'll be back next week. Thank you.